This is Hadi Sadati with the 2021 Embodied Intelligence Workshop Offline Interviews. In this episode, we hear from Dr. Lone Costi. What is embodied intelligence? Is that achievable through the body and or brain? In my opinion, um, the embodied intelligence is a concept which is strongly binded to the the computational power of the body itself. Um, so in, in standard traditional robotics, what happens is like we don't really use the body and we don't really um, exploit the presence of a body um, to to filter and to partially process information. What we do is like we, we get the data from the environment and we plug data in our processing unit uh, and we take a decision and then the, the motor decision is given by the processing unit to every single actuator all the time. So we are controlling all possible degrees of freedom of our system all the time um, from what is like the, the brain of the robot. Um, embodied intelligence as a concept um, wants to destroy this paradigm and, and start thinking that the body can actually process information can actually change the stimuli that are coming into the robot that can can partially process the motor command of the of the of the brain of the robot so that um, we uh, we achieve better performance with less computational power um, as a matter of fact it's not only about the computational power which could be a good reason to implement embodied intelligence by itself but it's also about the um, the fact that um, most of the time, if you have to control to hard code every single actuator all the time, and you make a smallest mistake, uh, it's like, and and you do not do not account for example, you do not uh, rely on your body to be in soft, uh, and you do not rely on the compliance that the entire task you are performing can can, can be can be completely. Uh, destroyed by one small uh, error in your measurements. Uh, on the other hand, um, when we uh, when we let the body do some computation, the body do um, complies to the to the environment, and the body adapts to the environment, especially in the case of soft robots, right? Um, so, for example, if you are walking, um, our motor command is just walk forward, and then probably uh, some parameters to tune the speed. Um, and the cadence of your feet, but that's pretty much it, right? If the if the terrain is uneven, uh, it's not your brain that deals with that. It's like your body being compliant and your joints being um, quite uh, quite compliant as well, um, are helping you in working. And that is exactly the point of embodied intelligence. It's like we don't need to just have more computational power and out strength. Uh, all the problems that we, we can face, we can rely on our body to do some of the work uh, and, and in conjunction with the mind to solve the problem. What is the missing piece in understanding intelligence? The missing piece uh, of, the, of understanding intelligence, uh, in my opinion, especially for task-driven intelligence, um, is how the body actually affects the um, in, in possibly in a good way uh, the information that is retrieved by the computational unit. Um, so in other words, uh, um, I think that we 
we still need to, to understand how the body of a system or the body of a living being is going to shape the uh, decision making, is going to shape uh, um, the, the, the actual algorithm which is running inside the, the, the metaphorical brain or the computational unit. And, and uh, we have to keep in mind that in living systems, like um, when we grow up, we see the world um, with our senses, which are strongly affected by the, the size of our body and, and the shape of our body. Um, and that affects the way we think about something. Um, and so like we, we basically we shape our, our mind with respect to experiences that were given by us through our body. So in, in, as a matter of fact, it's no longer the, the mind that controls the body. In a sense, it's the body that in the first place um, created uh, and gave the, the signal that, um, that shaped the way that now we, we solve problems, the way that now we, we achieve something when we want to achieve something, the way we are able to solve a given task. Um, so I think that like um, we need to put more attention on the physical body of the robot. Uh, robotics shall not be uh, only uh, a cool algorithm, a super smart uh, um, algorithm that can be applied to any given robot, but it could be more like we need to find out a good algorithm, yes, but also a good um, body of the robot in order to make this robot um, able to perform a task and to do that with less computational power, with less uh, dispersion of energy and probably with overall better performances. What is the most inspiring living creature from your perspective in the scope of embodied intelligence? Talking strictly about um, embodied intelligence, um, my focus is, is, is really um, on uh, those creatures that uh, are proven not to have enough computational power uh, or enough neurons um, to achieve the, their goal. So for example, all sorts of small insects uh, or sorts of beetles, uh, uh, even spiders, um, creatures which um, is have been proven to not be able um, to control everything they do just with the brain. Um, one, one example, which is uh, by now it's really well known in literature, is cockroaches. Um, so cockroaches have, have six legs uh, and they have a tremendous capability um, to, uh, to walk in the desert um, and to do the least energetic path, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you look at a cockroach walking in the desert, the cockroach is not going to walk in a straight line, but they will actually um, follow a path, which is the, uh, uh, the most efficient path given the fact that you have dunes in the desert, right? So ener energetically wise, they are able to select um, the, the, best possible, the, be the best possible route, even though they do not have enough neuron to control um, individually, uh, every single every single muscle of the leg, uh, and they have no way to actually understand 
um, the environment because like they have a limited sight and then they cannot see farther away so they don't really see what the dunes are but anyhow they are able to, to, achieve, to achieve something right and we have a, a great example of an animal which has a super small computational unit yet it's much faster into achieving the best possible pathway, the sum of the mobile robots that have been developed with state-of-the-art um, space localization algorithm, right? And, and, and few studies about cockroaches um, have found that, uh, as a matter of fact, what they do is that they implement um, a, a, a static, well, uh, yeah, they implement a given gate pattern and it's always the same. And the gate pattern in a fresh surface brings them forward. But then they have, uh, between, the, between the different sections of their body, they have a very high rotational compliance. So when they start go on a dune, um, the, the section of the body tilts itself and, and the pattern keeps going in a tilted direction, making the cockroach drifting and, and, and fleeing away. Um, and I mean, like, I think this mechanism is super simple yet incredibly amazing. What are the challenges, limitations, and technological roadblocks for achieving embodied intelligence? So the the biggest issue um, when trying to to actually Im uh, create a robot which exploits uh, embodied intelligence. Um, it's very much the same issue we, 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 that we have in soft robotics. And that is because embodied intelligence, um, more often than not, is, is a synonym uh, with, with soft robotics. And the issue is, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, theoretical. Um, there is not a solid theoretical backbone to soft robotics. Um, the, we do not have, uh, um, well, we cannot rely on simply, you know, the Jacobian and like geometrical transformations because most of the time components are not rigid. Um, but also we do not have um, a very deep uh, uh, theoretical mechanical background. So we do not have uh, analytical equations that we can use. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the most promising controller um, that have been developed in the field are neurocontroller. And in the field of neurocontroller, it seems that nobody can really agree on which is the best um, method to, to, to control a soft robot, right? So I, I think that um, at the moment, uh, we are missing um, a, a solid backbone that can keep everything in position, right? And that's why when we try to scale up in complexity and to create bigger robots with more than, than, than one or two actuators simultaneously, um, are, it's, it's not really going super well. A second issue, but now this issue um, has been partially solved by the introduction of material scientists inside the, the robotics community, um, is, is related to the material. Um, in, in, in rigid robotics, uh, materials are on like steel base or iron base, and anyway, they're pretty easy to manufacture. They do not require um, a lot of attention, and, and they are, by definition, pretty durable, right? But when developing a, um, a, a robot in which the actual shape of the body um, matters, then any imperfection could spell disaster. Um, in for concerning the, 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 the performance of the robot. Um, and that's why we need more expert people 
Uh, we need people that come from the material, the chemical engineering side, um, and, 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 and we need them to collaborate with us, to come up with ideas, to come up with, with manufacturing techniques, to come up with uh, material ideas that can, can solve uh, our, prob our problem. Because if now, if we really want to rely on the body, uh, we kind of need the body to be reliable. Can you briefly explain relevant research of yours to the concept of embodied intelligence? Recently, I've been working on a very uh, exciting project about um, a mechanism uh, of uh, peristaltic pumping, which only uses a super simple um, input signal. So m my idea is that peristaltic motion is quite complex uh, motion, right? Because you have like um, basically a tube which is um, uh, increasing in diameter in a given section and then that section is, is decre decreased back and then the following section is, is made larger. And, and the way the soft pumping, soft peristaltic pumping is achieved um, is usually quite complex because you have a lot of different ring actuators which are able to, to compress, to, yeah, to expand or, or to deflate um, individually. And, 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 though, and though you can, then you can um, obtain the, the peristaltic motion by controlling them accordingly. Um, I mean, like, I didn't really like that, especially because like, you have a very complex system um, and you have a complex controller because you need to control every single actuator by itself um, in order to achieve a, a single primitive of motion, which is the peristaltic motion. So my idea was like, what if I just use one single signal and, and, I, and I build a structure which, like, if it's driven by that signal, will achieve the, um, the same primitive of motion. So what I did is that I used latex balloons um, and uh, having the fluid inside the balloon, if the fluid pressure is, is big enough, the balloon will partially inflate, right? Um, but then we know um, by, uh, by theory about buckling and about deformation uh, that the, the position of the inflated region it, is not really relevant in the sense that all positions are energetically equivalent. So I, I thought, what if I use the signal to propel forward uh, the inflated region, and once the, the inflated region has reached the end of the balloon, since it can no longer go anywhere, then it will just deflate back. And, and then uh, I obtain that by applying a, a constant pressure on the outside of the balloon, uh, and then when I take the pressure off, I will just promote again the buckling uh, of the balloon. Um, and I mean, this is a very, very interesting concept uh, and it actually worked and we were able to achieve uh, um, performance which are, were very close to state-of-the-art uh, um, soft peristaltic pumps, but with a design which is incredibly simple. And it, it's simple, but in, in a sense it's also quite complex because uh, it takes a, a very simple signal as a square wave and, and it gives a quite elaborated primitive of motion. Um, and that's exactly the point of embodied intelligence, is processing the information and giving the best possible solution. Were there any directions toward embodied intelligence that you thought would work out very well, but empirical results proved otherwise? Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, sometimes it can happen that uh, you think that um, your your idea 
uh, is gonna work out super well and it's gonna it's gonna just make all the computation so much easier because the body of your robot uh, is super well designed and then you forgot about a super small particle but that changes everything um, and, and so basically your robot doesn't really work uh, it, happen it happened to me, yes, it happened to me um, uh, because uh, while working on, 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 on soft pumps um, uh, for example, I, I didn't consider um, uh, the friction between two sliding surfaces, right? Uh, so in my mind, uh, uh, the two parts of the structure that were coming into contact will nicely slide with each other and that will help me achieve what I wanted to achieve, which was basically an origami-like structure. Um, but as, as a matter of fact, it didn't because the... Um, when the two foils were starting to contact with each other, they were no longer able to slide with each other. Um, they they will actually stick, and then they were um, uh, they they were not moving relative to each other, meaning that the the structure will, was not able to fold on itself, right? Um, and that that obviously. Um, compromises compromised everything because then uh, it wasn't it wasn't true that the more you, you twisted the structure the more volume you were able to eject um, because simply uh, at one point uh, you could just uh, they started in a sense saturated in the sense that if, if you twisted more than that there was no relative motion inside you will just slightly deform the structure but with not a really uh, big uh, increase in the ejected volume um, but oftentimes uh, those are problems that can be solved. Um, in our case, it was literally just by when we when we realized that it was a friction problem. Uh, you can you can lower the friction um, by by functionalizing the material or changing material, or you can you can kind of uh, uh, change the boundary condition, right? So you, you can you can twist it and, and compress it in different ways such that um, the foils come into contact much later. Um, so I think that um, more often than not, your first idea is not going to work. Uh, but it's not going to work because it's wrong. It's not going to work because um, the complexity of the real world overwhelmed you and you didn't pay enough attention to something that uh, was very, very important. But by tuning, by studying the problem, uh, eventually we can make everything work quite smoothly. Any advice for students, early career researchers interested in research on embodied intelligence? Yes, my my only advice, um, it, it, it's pretty trivial, uh, but I think that's uh, what moves us, um, especially especially regarding embodied intelligence, which is be curious, it, it's look at nature, because nature um, had billions of years of prototyping and came up with the most efficient possible way to solve tasks and it's still evolving um, day by day uh, but by all means um, n nothing in nature is, is, is randomic or in the sense everything is randomic but after billions of years of natural selection what we are left with um, are the best possible solutions in terms of minds and brains, but especially in terms of body. Uh, if you want to solve um, a given problem or you want to, to, to create a mechanism that is, is, um, is really um, using 
the physical body of your robot um, and it's getting the most out of it to, 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 to solve the task, then uh, like I would say 90% of the cases, you will need to look at nature, find a living being which is super able to solve the exact same problem, look at his body and try to understand why its body works so well. And uh, I mean, uh, I want to be clear, it's not about copying nature, copying nature is wrong because nature also has like a lot of stuff which is not really interesting by the engineering point of view. For example, um, we have to be able to uh, we have to be able to eat and to process food and to create energy whereas a robot you can literally use a power source to, to power the robot um, so do not copy nature but especially for the shape of the bodies especially for the function of the body and the filtering action of the body um, which is basically uh, the entire definition of embodied intelligence uh, nature as are really, really good points uh, to make, and and and, and you, we can all we can all take inspiration every day, every day uh, by just looking outside and see how, how the smallest animal is able to do something amazing, such as spider is able to to manufacture an entire web, or or how a kangaroo is able to balance himself itself while jumping, right? So yeah, like my, my advice is, is curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks, Lone, for sharing your thoughts. Looking forward to your presentation at the workshop. Also, thanks to Dr. Marva Aldvini for preparing the questions.